Good evening and welcome to the Midnight Owl. I'm your host, Tim. The Midnight Owl is a proud member of the Not After 30 podcast network. The Midnight Owl is your friend who thinks, what's the worst that could happen? This week's episode is the conclusion to cannabis culture. For now. Dave's not here, man. I'm glad the next generation coming up won't know what we went through with all of the shitty dealers we had to run across. There's a caveat to that. There were some good dealers, but they were rare, and you stayed loyal as long as you could. Right now I'm going to describe someone, and I'm curious to know, did you ever have to deal with a version of them as well? They had the giant Scarface poster up on the wall, a flag over the window, Echo sweater, or the Tweety Bird shirt with a gold chain and a mic, alternately a Tasmanian devil, same look, a bong on the table, the lower end ones might have had a mattress on the floor for an impromptu couch. 90% of the time, they were the fucking worst. A buddy of mine and I had this dealer. How we came across this dealer, I will never know, but this dude hated me with a passion. I think it's because I called him out for lying to me about the count and made him get a digital scale out. I might not have a superpower, but I can tell when a half quarter is a gram short from a hundred yards away. This guy thought I was stupid. He would break out four bags and name them off as if they were different weeds. Always the most popular ones you heard off the TV or cover of High Times. For instance, he would say, uh, Purple Haze, Black Widow, Northern Lights, and White Rhino, each increasing in price. One look at the bags and you could tell it was all the same weed. The hairs were all purple, the crystal on the nugs was all identical. This dealer did not like being told his business, though. So he tried giving me shit for showing up too often and forced me to buy bigger bags. I found a new dealer because I couldn't handle this, and my friend went back to him. This is understandable because this dealer had a deep affection for my friend. He would cut him deals or give him a little extra or smoke him up when he was there. This affection was so deep, I think the dealer may have been angling for some kind of romantic involvement between him and his girl. I don't know this for sure, it's just speculation, but there was definitely a weird vibe that I was intruding on their time. Being the good friend that I was, the next time we visited, I decided to stay outside and let Buddy go up and deal with the crazy on his own. I had my cell phone in case anything went wrong, I could jump in as backup. This could just be me misremembering, but I think I went on for the entire walk over about what would happen if the dealer pulled a knife on him. Not because he wanted to rob him, but because he was going to force a menage a trois. Speculation was wild about all the terrible things that were going to happen to my friend. Buddy blew it off as no big deal, but I could tell he was getting annoyed and a little worried. Which is exactly why I continued. What did we really think I could do if something went bad? Knock loudly? Maybe that's why Buddy kept trying to get me to come up. Buddy was gone for 20 minutes on this mission. I sat in the parking lot, smoked cigarettes, and tried not to look as shady as I felt. It was supposed to be an in and out operation. Go up and come down. When he came back down, my friend was barely holding his shit together. When Buddy went up, the dealer and his girl were hanging out on the couch and he had got caught up in some small talk. Buddy was trying to be cool and grab and go, but the dealer was not having any of it. He got Buddy into a mind-numbing small talk circle. 
Something about him going out to dinner to hang out with the dealer and his girlfriend. As this was happening, a spot of drool hit the dealer's hand and he started to yell at his dog. The thing of it was, the girlfriend was in the background and she was all fucked up and drooling. The spittle left her mouth, hit the dog's head, rolled off its snout and globbed down onto the dealer's hand. Buddy was standing there watching this all unfold in slow motion, trying not to laugh. <laughs> this story played out a thousand times in rundown apartments across this great nation. This guy was more or less harmless, but you had to be careful. I've never gotten robbed or beaten up, but that was always a danger. Something held at the back of your mind. You were doing something illegal, so no one was going to care if you got hurt doing it. There were all these unwritten rules to this lifestyle of smoking weed. Don't walk into an alleyway to do a deal. Never give the money up front. Walk away, drop your wallet, and forget it if you're getting robbed. Always look behind you for a second guy. Don't get cornered. If it starts to go south, swing first. This is not a gentleman's sport. Fairness don't matter. Fuck them up and get the fuck gone. Never tell them where you live. Smoking weed back in the day was a community effort. We all had jobs. Since I didn't have money or access to weed, my job was innovation. I can make a bong out of anything. Give me a socket, a Bic pen, a pop bottle. I could craft a usable device in five minutes. I've made many a device over the years. An empty pop can with holes poked for a makeshift pipe. A usable bong made of ice, possibly my greatest creation. It could only be used once or twice, but sometimes art favors form over function. It matched the igloo we built in our backyard, so... Yeah, Bob Ross, eat your heart out. As you delve deeper into the world of weed, there are many other devices you could try. Make sure you can handle your high before you start going down these twisted roads. When trying to convert people to smoking weed, you hear a lot of fancy talk about the high-class end of smoking. But just don't forget about the... the terrible ideas. Like the parachute. A parachute, known in other regions as a lung, is when you cut off the bottom of a 2-liter pop bottle and tape a bread bag to it. You take the cap and either melt a hole to fit a piece, a piece is a glass funnel that holds the weed, or put a little tinfoil over it with tiny holes over the hole. Depends if you want to get swanky, more or less. There's not a big difference. A parachute is a two-man operation. One person lights the weed and holds the pop bottle, the other pulls the bread bag down. The suction fills the container with smoke. When the bag is fully extended, you unscrew the cap. Careful, the remnants could still be lit, and many a carpet and couches have the tiny burn holes from inattentive hands. Quickly, before the smoke goes stale, inhale. The bag will snap back in, thereby shooting the entire chamber of smoke into you in one hit. Honestly, it's best done in a sitting position because you're about to check out for a minute or two. Another terrible idea is buckets, or waterfalls. Just replicate the first couple steps of a parachute minus the bread bag. Cut off the bottom of a 2-liter pop bottle, have a top cap with a piece, but the better method is melt four holes in the bottom of each of the pop bottle legs. The next step is to fill a bucket with ice-cold water. Hey, you're not an animal, so make sure the bucket is new or scrubbed within an inch of its life with soapy water. Submerge the container into the water. Heads up, 
because I have seen this a thousand times. Remove the piece at the top first. You do not want to have the weed fly up due to the air escaping and land in the water. When the bottle is submerged up to the neck, put the piece on. Light the weed as you're pulling up. The water this time is going to create the suction. Do not break the surface of the water. If you do, you're going to have a bad time. As you're up to the surface, you remove the piece and inhale. The water is going to push the smoke into you with much more force than a parachute. The third and final bad idea you shouldn't do is poppers, or as we called them, base melters. A popper is when you're prepping your bong, you put a layer of tobacco down before you put the weed on. This is helpful if your weed is overground. Overground weed, although better for a more consistent ignition across the entire surface area of the weed, can fall through the piece and into the water. Also, if you're broke, mixing in tobacco can stretch your weed for another day or two, so it could be helpful in that sense. You have to pull all the way through when you're doing a popper, which means you have to inhale enough that the entire bong load is gone in one hit. The tobacco will give you a head high and body high straight away, while the cannabis comes in second like a terrible crashing wave. This is why we called them face melters. They were my go-to choice for a few years. If you do a face melter, remember that you better not have anything else planned for the rest of your day because you ain't doing shit now. I was introduced to face melters back in high school, but never really did them until I was in my second year of college. My roommate D was into them as well. We would melt before we went to school, walk back in between classes to melt again, and then at the end of the day, melt some more. The thing was that whenever D melted, he would spit this huge gob of gross, nasty lung phlegm. Every time. When you're melting, it's next to impossible to move, so running to the bathroom was kind of out of the question. Swallowing it would have been extremely nasty. So D, being a problem solver, just spat into a cup. A solution we should have, but didn't question at the time. It was usually an old Tim Hortons cup or a pop bottle. There were a couple of them laying around our basement and he didn't toss them out until they were completely full. This gives me the willies just thinking about it. If there is ever a terrible, incurable version of the flu, I think it may have spawned out of those basement spit cups. Just saying. Another weird smoking style, less intense than the ones stated above, is shotgunning. Shotgunning is when one person blows smoke from their mouth to another. Sometimes with a tight tunnel with their hands or mouth to mouth. When I was younger, this method was thought to be romantic or cute. Now I just think it's gross. Some woman's hot, nasty breath forcing smoke down my throat? No thanks. Think of it like alcohol. No fucking way am I going to pour a shot into a girl's mouth and have her spit it back into mine. Alright, maybe if she was cute and I really liked her. But I wouldn't be happy about it. As... Much as I knew about weed, I feel like I'm getting off my game. I know what kind of weeds I like and what kind of devices I like, and I don't experiment too much outside of that. On the reservation near my hometown, there are over 25 cannabis shops. It's absolutely wild their selection of strains, their quality of glassware, and massive inventory of options. 
Not that I would ever support the black market by making purchases there. I buy my drugs from the government like the good law-abiding citizen that I am. But hypothetically, should you wander around the reserve, you could get just about anything weed-related. Edibles like cookies, cakes, trail mix, and gummies, just to name a few. Blunts. Uh, they're like papers used to roll joints, but they're made out of tobacco leaves. Originally used for cigar wrappers. There's CBD and THC pills. CBD is the active ingredient that helps with anxiety and joint pain, etc. THC is the psychoactive ingredient that gives you the high. There's THC pops. I even saw THC suppositories and vaginal inserts. Called me old-fashioned, but if I hated smoking so much I had to put something on my butt to get high, I think I'd reconsider my priorities. Maybe I'd rather just get really into hiking or something. Maybe. As I look around, I feel like I've let my knowledge of the industry and products slip. My 10,000 hours are kind of out of date, so to speak. Now there is vaporizers, which have been around for a while, but I have no idea about them. And this stuff I only just started hearing about a year or two ago called Shatter. It's a clear, brittle cannabis extract. It's named after the fact that it falls apart when handled. Shatter is an extract, which is a type of cannabis concentrate that's produced using a combination of weed plant materials and solvents. The appearance of shatter weed is typically translucent, though its coloring can range from a bright honey-like amber to a darker yellow shade like olive oil. Now, what is a dab, you ask? Yeah, I had no idea either. I figured that it was a dumb move kids do from some video game I never played. A dab is the act of smoking cannabis concentrate. It requires a bong-like dab rig that allows you to superheat a torch a glass nail or metal poker named a banger and smoke it much like a bong. Weed these days is super strong and stepping it up to this monstrosity scares the crap out of me. There shouldn't be 90 steps before you can puff. That being said, if it was in front of me, I'd probably try it. Along with trying vaporizers, dabs, hash, learning to make my own butter, which, from what I read online, is relatively easy and extremely versatile. I'd love to grow my knowledge of the various strains and their effects. I'd also like to get into what terpenes are. Terpenes are what gives the smell and taste to the weed. I talked about how cool it would be to be a Blockbuster employee last episode. Is it possible my dream job might be selling weed? I wish I could become... A bud tender. Get it? Bartender? Bud tender? Potheads really think we're funny. I can imagine every day getting up, walking into work, and helping people find the exact right strain of cannabis. I could have a little whiteboard with staff picks. Back-to-back weeks of Skywalker OG. I can't express how good this strain is. Going home and podcasting. I would be so happy. Until I couldn't afford rent or car payments because customer service jobs don't pay for crap. But I'd be happy. I imagine someone walking through the door and I could educate them on effects. Find what kind of high they were looking for and go through the strains to help them get the right weed followed by the best consumption methods of the desired high. 
God willing, I could spend enough time learning about it to get to a point where I could be pretentious about the Cesareans. I could be a connoisseur. I could become so recognized in my field, I could get hired to go out and pick a catalog of weed for someone's collection. A sommelier of weed. A weedelier, if you will. Make snarky comments about the settings people have their humidors set to. I'm even pictured a few times of what it would sound like if I was in that customer service role as a bud tender. Someone walks in, you know, well, ma'am, the difference between a sativa strain and an indica is that the sativa gives a cerebral head high, while the indica strains primarily provide a body high. To remember, think about it this way, indica, indica couch. Sativas are better for energy and keeping going with your day, but be warned, anxiety can be a side effect. To avoid this, I suggest a hybrid strain like Trainwreck, Skywalker OG, or Blue Dream. So sir, you're looking for a strain to help you sleep at night. Well, you're probably going to want an indica. Could I suggest Granddaddy Purple? Maybe a nice Northern Lights. These will also help with muscle and joint pain. If you need anything stronger, might I suggest a nine-pound hammer? Oh, yes, I'd love to help you. You want to play an entire day of video games? Hmm, let me check what we have in stock. What about Game Changer? It's a 60-40 indica-dominant hybrid. Fruity terpene profile with an energizing feel. We also have Duke Nukem. Yeah, named after the popular 90s video game. It's a peppy strain that will give you a nice head high. If you need something a little more easygoing, could I suggest cat piss? Named after the smell of the strain, it's an uplifting and cerebral high with a good body feel. Um, if you need to focus and get some studying done, could I suggest Dutch Hawaiian, Galactic Jack, or Liberty Haze? Depression? Why not try Maui Wowie, Island Sweet Skunk, or Chemdog? Want to get together with some friends and giggle until your face hurts from the smiling? Well, might I suggest Blue Diesel, Mango Kush, or Laughing Buddha. <laughs> if you go to the Leafly site, you can search for strains or moods you want to reach, and they'll give you strain options. I want to say thank you to Leafly for letting me poach some of your suggestions for this dumb bit. Each strain has a metric showing the terpene profile and a spot where people review, leaving their reactions to the cannabis. Another example of the internet taking jobs out of the hands of real people. I guess that's why I'll never get to be a bud tender. There are many similarities between being a pothead and joining a cult. We have set rituals, maybe there's a specific music or show we put on. There are initiations. Like any good cult, it costs money. A good portion of your time is going from person to person looking for converts. Have you heard the good word about the dank bud, my friend? It will cure your body and mind. The government saw us as criminals until they realized there was enough of us to properly tax. Ha 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 There may be different sects, but you can generally recognize the practitioners based on their appearance, like the hippies in their hemp sweaters. We also have our leadership, all hail Snoop Dogg, long may he reign. We hold our holy time once a day, where we may gather and commune over the sticky icky. The fourth hour, twentieth minute of each day. I work for a living, so I rarely get to partake. But that's whatever. I'm devoted, not dogmatic. 
and once a year at 420, we gather across our nation and certain parts of the world to smoke weed and march on our governmental offices. I wonder how sparse Parliament will be this year. I like to imagine one holdout showing up with a sign saying, We won, or Pizza Hut, whatever. We all have our traditional meals, something you kind of have to grow a taste for. Craft dinner mixed with tuna, pierogi casserole, or in a pinch, Taco Bell. Oh, damn, Little Caesar's crazy bread, too. Before I stray too far off topic, I want to say I discovered something extremely disappointing in my research. Growing up, the urban legend was that Bob Marley was the man that created 420. April 20th is the date of birth of Hitler, being that would be the most evil day in history. Bob Marley wanted to take it back and make everyone forget about the beginning of that evil shithead. So he created a day of love to help heal the evil. But this isn't true. According to Urban Dictionary and I think Snopes, in 1971, according to Urban Dictionary, quote, In 1971, five high school students, Steve Capper, Dave Reddix, Jeffrey Knoll, Larry Schwartz, and Mark Gravich, in San Rafael, California, calling themselves the Waldos because their chosen hangout spot was a wall outside the school, used the term in connection with a 1971 plan to search for an abandoned cannabis crop they had learned about, based on a treasure map made by the grower. The Waldos designated the Louis Pasteur statue on the grounds of San Rafael High School as their meeting place and 4.20 as their meeting time. The Waldos referred to this plan with the phrase 4.20 Louis. After several failed attempts to find the crop, the group eventually shortened their phrase to simply 4.20, which ultimately evolved into a code word that the teens used to mean consuming cannabis. Mike Edison says that Steve Hagar of High Times was responsible for taking the story about the Waldos to mind-boggling cult-like extremes and surpassing all other stories about the origin of the term. Hagar wrote Stoner Smart or Stoner Stupid, in which he attributed the early spread of the phrase to Grateful Dead followers. After Reddix became a roadie for the Grateful Dead's bassist Phil Lesh, and called for 4.20 to be the socially accepted hour of the day to consume cannabis. It's like our 5 o'clock somewhere. Most of the clocks in the cult classic Pulp Fiction are set to 4.20, and the scoreboard in Dazed and Confused is 42 to 0. The final story I'll leave you with is never, ever, go crop robbing. First of all, it's bad form. Second of all, it's dangerous. In the rural area I live in, farmers have been rumored to set up booby traps. I have heard the same for backyard growers and other various indoor grow styles. Booby traps come in all forms and it's not worth your safety to go after a free sagor. High tension fishing line at neck level to someone on a four-wheeler have been set up. A helmet will protect your face, your neck is exposed. Hitting this at full speed can crush a person's throat. Fishing hooks placed upside down or razor blades in the stalks of the plant so that when in the dark a thief goes to grab a stalk and pull it out, the fish hooks tear apart that person's hands. Sometimes there's nails placed in boards buried under some soil to pierce a person's foot. 
even hunting traps like bear traps. It is easier to grow your own. I honestly have killed every plant that had the misfortune of coming into my care. But the next episode I do about cannabis down the line will be an outline of how to grow and the various attributes you could look for, like the flavor or smell. Pro tip for avoiding getting robbed yourself, do not tell anyone that you are growing. This is the first line of defense from would-be thieves. People always talk, shady people are always listening. Don't get yourself exposed. If you have plants, that's hundreds of dollars in product for a minimal investment. People love free money. Trust no one. Well, that's it. That's all, listeners. 420 has come, and I must sign off. Don't forget to email me your stories. They will always be considered anonymous unless you state otherwise. That email is beardedandboard at gmail.com. B-E-A-R-D-E-D-A-N-D. B-O-R-E-D at gmail.com. Before we leave you today, I just want to direct you towards a guest hosting spot that I got to be a part of on the show Gapage. Gap Age. G-A-P-A-G-E. Ken, or the Scarborough dude, had me on and we talked about a little bit of cannabis life, a little bit of just life in general, and a lot about podcasting. I really enjoyed the interview and I think you will too. You can find Gappage on any and all podcasting apps. Have a great night, and don't forget to owl at the moon. Mm-hmm.